following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Give that to the Lord. Come on. Give that to the Lord. Yes. We welcome all of our people that are viewing by Facebook and those that are viewing online. We thank you and we welcome you, our church in Tulsa. Let's give all of them a great hand. Come on, let's do that. What a, what a joy. I'm excited. It's been a while since I've stood in this pulpit on a Sunday. I got to thinking, you know, it was a long time ago when I ministered here on a Sunday. It was July the 8th. July the 8th. And then July the 9th. On an early Monday morning, Earl, Sarah, y'all come here right quick. I married Earl and Sarah at 6 o'clock in the morning in a park. Yeah. And, and it was dark when I got there, but I knew Earl was coming. And when Earl shows up, I, I'm, I'm pretty cool. I'm, I'm all right about it, you know. So I just said, whatever bears in those woods, whiz in the woods, whatever lines over here, just let them roar because Earl's in the house. And they got married, and I got to marry them, and then Earl and I sung a little duet to Sarah. We might do that one day here, Earl. We got to practice because it wasn't that good on my part, but it's good on your part. Give them a great hand. They're, they're wonderful people. I love y'all. Thank you, Pastor. I love y'all. You got a new baby in the house today. Let's give all new babies a great hand. You're a new grandpa, new grandma. Come on. Hallelujah. Lord, it's good to be back in church. I am, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach this whole month, and, and it'll be more teaching today, but I'm going I'm to teach this whole month on up things, just up things, because August is a... It's the close of summer, but it's really not the close of summer in, in, in Austin and in Central Texas. It's just kind of just kind of the midway point because we'll have some days in November. I hear there's a cool front coming in January. It's going to get down to about 95. We was on vacation out at Lake Tahoe, as the kids called it, Lake Taco. And, uh, and, 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 and the day we got up to come home to catch the plane, it was about 5 o'clock in the morning. We stepped outside. The guys did loading the cars, and uh, it was 47 degrees, 47 degrees, and you want to get back in and turn the heater on, but then I remembered where I was going, and I stayed outside and just enjoyed it for a while. Thank you for letting us get away. It was a fun time. The kids always have a blast, and we had fun. We played some stupid, silly games that the girls post, and I'm embarrassed about them, but that's all right. I, my mouth on one of them looked like yeah, and I was trying to. You can't say a B that way. You can't say anything. They have to go by with. And we was trying to do, and I had to be first, so I had to be the experiment. I had to be the waymaker. <laughs> and and they took long, long pictures of Daddy on one word because I couldn't get the word right. One day, one day, it'll come back to haunt them, because their kids are going to grow up and they're going to take pictures of them when they're old and can, and can't can't understand what's going on with all that. So. We're going to talk today about living 
an August month. And every Sunday this month will be up preaching. Now it'll be different themes, different contexts, but today we're going to Psalms 118 verse 24. It says simply, this is the day that the Lord has made. And we will rejoice. We will rejoice. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It's one of the most powerful verses in the whole Bible. But before I start, I got to tell you a funny story about a lady that joined the choir in her church. And she was so excited because she got, finally got included in the choir. And so she went out and bought her a bumper sticker that says, Honk if you love Jesus. And she put it on her back bumper and went off down the road and got to a red light. And it was red. And she reached in her purse to try to find her phone because she wanted to call some of her girlfriends and, and buddies and tell them that she had made the choir. Well, in her looking and searching, the light turned. The light turned green and she didn't know it. So there was a man behind her started honking. And she thought, that's exciting. He loves Jesus too. <laughs> never thinking, never thinking, never thinking about the light. So she pokes her head out the window. She waves at him said, I love Jesus too. I love Jesus. About that time, a bunch of cars started honking. She said, it's a revival of loving Jesus. <laughs> In fact, one voice was heard saying, Jesus Christ. <laughs> she said, that's who I love too. And finally, she realized that perhaps she looked up at the light and it was turning yellow. And she sped through the intersection. And she's the only one to make it to the other side. And she wanted all those people to know how happy she was that they joined in with her. She got out of her car and waved at them and said, I love Jesus on this side of the light too. That's just a funny story. I thought it was funny. It could have been a man. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not chauvinistic. It could have been a man. Biofeedback experts suggest that relation between body and mind is an interesting one. We don't smile because we feel great. We feel great because we smile. One man said it this way, William James. He said, I don't sing because I'm happy. I'm happy because I sing. The way we feel, folks, is the direct results of our actions to cause us to feel particular ways. Psychologist William Glasser said, if you want to change attitudes, start with a change in your behavior. Former football coach Bill Walsh, who ran the West Coast offense with the 49ers for several years, wrote a book called Building the Champion. And in it, he says, when a wildebeest or a zebra is trapped by a lion, the trapped animal will submit to the inevitable. And the inevitable is the head will drop, the eyes will glaze over, and it stands motionless and accepts the fate that's coming to it. It knows it's going to die. And Walsh notes that people in the face of adversity many times adopt the same behavior. He calls it the posture of defeat. Chin down, head dropped, shoulder slumped, arms hung limply. And he said, even in the most impossible situations, he told his team, you stand up, you stand tall. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. You keep your heads up. You keep your shoulders back. You keep moving. You keep running. You keep looking up. You keep demonstrating pride. You show your dignity and you show your strength. A great salesman wrote a book. And he said, if you keep your eyes above shoulder level at all time, 
you'll never get depressed. It's amazing. You ought to try that sometime. Instead of looking down, you ought to look up. You might trip over a few things, he says, <laughs> but you'll never get depressed. So what they have determined, these people, is that posture produces performance. Now, I'd like to go a little deeper. You can affect your attitude by the way you stand. Steve Martin's one of my favorite people of all time. I, 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 really, I, I really would like to have a brother like Steve Martin. I don't think Steve Martin would have beat up on me all the time. It made me laugh. But he said he gets up in the morning, looks in the mirror to get his juices flowing. He looks in the mirror and sees what an ugly man he is before he gets started. And he said he laughs at himself for three or four minutes. He said it's good to have three or four minutes of hilarity. Now, I'm not trying to be Zig Ziglar. I'm really not. But that's how bio, that's, a, that's a feedback from these people that, that study this kind of stuff, that posture does produce performance. But let me tell you unequivocally, folks, let me tell you something. This is the spiritual side, without hesitation, that God's favorite day is today. Say today. I'm not talking about Sunday. It would be his favorite day if it was Monday or Thursday or Saturday or Tuesday. You know, in the world, Friday is the most popular day of the week. You know that, don't you? Saturday is the second most popular day of the week, and Sunday is the third most popular. You know what the most hated day of the week is, don't you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's Monday again. And then Wednesday we call hump day, and Thursday is expectation day. Then we're back to Friday. Tuesday, don't even get a vote. It's the most irrelevant day <laughs> of the week. But can I tell you, if it's Tuesday this week for you, Get up in the morning and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. The only day you can better the past or prepare for the future is today. I believe he works in our lives in tomorrow. I believe he's worked in your lives yesterday. But the only day he can work in your life is right now. See, God knows that your nows will soon become your thens and that if you live each now well, you'll have no regrets then. He also knows that your nows determine your future and that when future becomes now, it will be good if you have lived each past moment well. Everybody say, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad. See, Psalms 118 is one of the hall all psalms. It's one of those victorious worship psalms. Psalms 118. It Passover, it Passover. Psalms 113, 114 were sung before the meal. And after Passover, after the meal was over, Psalms 115 through 118 were sung. So it's suggested that Psalms 118 was the last hymn that Jesus and his disciples sang at the Last Supper in Matthew 26 and 30. But consider the two verses which immediately precede Psalms 118 and 24. They're found in 22 and 23. It says, the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. I like that. This is the Lord's doing. It's, a, it's, a mar, it's marvelous in our eyes. Then and only then do we read, this is the day the Lord has made. See, there's two things that God does in 22 and 23. He takes that which is ugly and rejected and makes it into something treasured and beautiful. Can I tell you, that's what he did with all of our lives. Somebody say amen to that. He takes something that's rejected and ugly and makes something treasured and beautiful. Some people, you know, they think every day is like the kid that wakes up and goes to the table or goes to his high chair and he starts eating his lunch. 
and he turns a bowl of spaghetti on his head. And there's a caption under a picture that has that very kid doing that very thing. And the caption said, this is the day the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad. I don't care how bad life has been, how rejected you have felt, how ugly you have felt in life. God has a way to turn you into something treasured and turn you into something beautiful. That's the God that I serve. And then the second thing he does, he transforms both people and events. He transforms people and he transforms events. Garbage comes to us all. Trash blows everywhere. I read something not long ago, a few years back, some engineers in Switzerland of all places created this prototype of a car that runs on garbage. Runs on garbage. Food, scraps that is fermented and turned into usable fuel fuel that can produce less pollution than regular gasoline. And today, there's hundreds of these vehicles on the road that run on this biodiesel fuel that is made out of leftover food grease. Jesus. Restaurants take their old grease and sell it to biogas manufacturers. They turn it to biodiesel fuel and it burns much better and cleaner than regular diesel fuel. Garbage into fuel. Waste into wonder. Ugly into ultimate. That's the story of our lives. That's why when you get out of bed in the morning, you need to put both feet on the floor, lift your hands and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. Now here's a true statement that you need to understand. Whether or not you enjoy today is not up to me, it's up to you. Because every day we live is a God-given day. In fact, Jeremiah, who didn't have one convert in his life, wrote this one day in Lamentations. He said, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Do you know what he's saying there? He said, every morning you run into brand new mercies. God don't have any leftover mercies from yesterday. He's got some brand new mercies for you today. How can you not get out of bed excited about that? How can, oh God, I feel so bad about last night, but wake up in the morning and say these are brand new mercies today. Come to the house of God on Sunday. Every day should be a God-governed and a God-gladdened day in your life. Clap your hands and rejoice and say amen to that. Now there's three things. Three things I want to teach you today. I want to, I want to teach you this. That Number one, you need to treat every day as a gift. Say a gift. Tomorrow is a mystery. Yesterday's history. Today is called the present. That's why we call it a, a gift. It's a gift. This is the day. The psalmist said this is the day. And he said this is the day that the Lord has made. Every moment of every second, every second of every minute, every minute of every hour, and every hour of every day is a gift from God, folks. It's a gift. God gives to every one of us the same amount of time. The millionaire doesn't have any more time in the day than the beggar has. We all have said, I wish I had as much time as that person. Well, if you did, you wouldn't have any more time than you have right now. The time is, you would have is the time that you would need. You may be thinking, I just don't have the time to do all that I want to do. You may be like that housewife I heard about, and I wrote it down. She said, I'm so far behind that if anything else happens to me, it'll be at least two weeks before I can even worry about it. (laughs) You may not have all the time you need to do what you want to do, but I guarantee you have all the time you need to do what you need to do. 
Jesus lived only 33 years, folks. And in that 33 years, only three of it was ministry. But in those three years, when he finished, he said, I have glorified you on this earth. And I have finished the work that you have given me to do. You see, God has a will for your life. And you have time in your life to see that will accomplished in your life. And this is a day. Come on, say, this is a day. This is a day. So the first key to enjoying today is to receive today as a gift. Come on, say, it's a gift. Say, thank you for Christmas today, Lord. Come on, thank you for my gift today. Come on, thank you for the present today. Thank you for Sunday today. Thank you for right now today. Come on, clap your hands and say, thank you for now. Thank you for a now in my life. The second thing that will help you prioritize is redeem each day for the glory of God. You got to redeem each day. You got to redeem it. Redeem the time. You got to redeem it. Imagine your banker called last Friday and said he had some good news for you. He said, starting Monday, there's an anonymous depositor that's going to deposit 86,400 pennies in your bank account every day for seven days. That's $864 a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks out of the year. You're going to get 886,400 pennies. But the banker gives a stipulation. He said, here's the key. You have to spend all the money you receive on the day you receive it. There can't be any left over. No balance will be carried to the next day. And each evening the bank will cancel whatever sum you fail to use. You think your banker hang up and you grab your pencil. You start saying $864 a day, $6,048 a week, $315,000 a year. Hi, 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 hi. And if you didn't even have the Holy Ghost, you'd get it right then. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Just all of a sudden some anonymous donor is going to donate that into your bank account. But remember, what you don't spend is forfeited. But now God's even greater than that. See, time's more wonderful than money. Do you know every morning, the gracious God you love deposits in your banks 86,400 seconds of time. That's 1,440 minutes every day, 24 hours. Every second, every minute, the day comes. And the same stipulation because God does not have any leftover time when the day is over. Nothing's ever carried on credit to the next day. There's no such thing as 26 hours a day. Well, I'm talking to you, and I'm going somewhere with you. But from sunrise to sunrise, you have precisely determined the amount of time you're going to have. That's why someone has wisely said, life is like a coin. You can spend it any way you want, but you can only spend it once. So there's three little things I want to I share from this redeeming the time in your life. Number one, you need to focus more on the present than you ever have in your life. Yeah. Everybody say, focus on the present. This verse is not talking about yesterday. It's not talking about tomorrow. It's speaking of today. There's so many people that are so worried about your yesterday and troubled about your tomorrow, you can't enjoy now. In Jesus' name, I ask you, Lord, to clear the deck of every mind right now of things that are trying to hold on to people from their past and things that are worrying people about their future. I'm asking people who have lost jobs and have gone down and, and, have, and their financial income has gone down and they think they can never get back on their feet. I'm telling you, clear their minds right now and let them right now redeem this time and focus on the present and say, I'm in the house of God and this is a day that the Lord has made and I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad because I'm living today, today. Pastor R.G. Lee said, yesterday is, a, is, is in the tomb of time. Tomorrow is in the womb of time. Only now is yours. I read about a man who had lost his eyesight. An 
And after trying various remedies, he went to a chiropractor. We've got some great chiropractors in this church. I, I'm going to ask him about this. And this chiropractor gave him several treatments, and his sight finally came back. And after a month later, he came back to see the chiropractor very upset. And the chiropractor said, what's the matter? Can, can you see all right? He said, yeah, my sight's good as ever, but now I've lost my memory. <laughs> I forget everything where I've been, what I've done, what I went after, just everything. The doctor examined me and said, you know what? It's the strangest things I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen anything quite like it. He said, now, I can give you a treatment that will restore your memory. But if I do, you're going to lose your sight again. Now, do you want the treatment? And the guy said, no, sir, I don't. He said, I'd rather see where I'm going than remember where I've been. Somebody needs to get a hold of what I'm preaching and teaching right now. Come on, you need to focus on the present. Some people fret over the future. They're so worried about tomorrow that they cannot live today. Jesus said this, not, not Paul, not Simon Peter, not John. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own thing. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. God lives, folks, in the present tense. Hear these words. One man wrote, he said, I was regretting the past and fearing the future. Then suddenly my Lord was speaking to me, and he said, son, my name is I Am. He said, God paused, I waited, he continued. When you live in the past with its mistakes and regrets, it's hard. But my name is not I was. When you live in the future with its problems and fear, it's hard. But my name is not I will be. When you live in this moment, it's not hard because I am here. My name is I am. Everybody say, he's an ever-present help. Come on, I need somebody to help me right now. Get yesterday out of your mind. Get tomorrow out of your, out of your thoughts. And let a today arrive in your life right now. Mm, mm, mm. The second thing you've got to do is you've got to fix your priorities. You've got to fix them. Paul said, redeem the time because the days are evil. When you waste time, you're stealing from God and you're killing yourself. Because you don't kill time, time kills you. Life is time and time is life. Ben Franklin said, do you love life? Then do not squander time for that's the stuff that life is made of. Spend your day wisely. Let me tell you something, folks. Let me tell you all your daddies and all your moms and all your kids something. Today there's enough time for leisure. There's enough time for labor. There's enough time for learning today. There's enough time for laughter. There's enough time for lifting. There's enough time for loving today. There's enough time. Here's a piece of advice, and if you receive it, you'll enjoy it. Are you ready for it? I'm going to give you some advice right now. Give God the first part of each day. I will not say anything stronger than that in this whole sermon. Give God the first part of your, of your, of your day each day. Give him an hour if you can. If you can't, can you give him 30 minutes? Can you give him, if you can't give him 30, can you give him 15? Can you give him 10? Can you give him a cup of coffee in five minutes? Can I share something with you? I'm going to give you a secret, a Johnson secret. I hope it's successful. It has worked for me. You know what I do every morning when I get out of bed? I remember Carrie Underwood's song when she won American Idol. The first song she came out with was Jesus Take the Wheel. Remember that song? And it's still in me. It's still in me. I don't know if it's because she's so pretty or she sings so good. I don't know. 
But that song still resonates with me. It really, it really does. And every morning, Patty can tell you, Patty will tell you, when I get out of bed and I put my feet on the ground, I say, Jesus, take the wheel. When I see that my legs are working again today, I say, Jesus, take the wheel. And I know, I know how to walk to the place where I get dressed. I know how to go to my closet. I know how to get dressed. And I say, Jesus, take the wheel probably 15 or 20 times. And then I go into the song, take it from my hands, for I can't make this on my own. I can't do it by myself. And those times that I spend with him early in the morning, I prioritize that because I want him to know that this is the day that he has made. And I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. It's time for us to understand that God makes every day and we need to prioritize our time and redeem it because he is our God. Hallelujah, Mr. and Miss Businessman. You'll be better people and better business people if you give God the first of your day. Mr. and Miss Salesman, salesperson, you'll be a better salesperson if you take time for God. Everybody say, I've got to focus on now. I've got to fix my priorities. And I've got to fulfill my purpose. Whatever you need to do, do it today. If you need to call somebody and say, forgive me, do it. You need to call somebody and say, I love you, do it. You need to tell somebody that life has been treating you wonderful and you want to help them with their life, do it. There's no time out in the game of life. You can call time out in the ball game, but you can't in the game of life. You can't save time. You can't store time. You can't stretch time. There's not a 61-minute day. 61 minute hour and there's not a 25 hour day. Zig Ziglar said it best. said, if you, can, if you will do what you ought to do when you ought to do it, then you can do what you want to do when you want to do it. The third thing, and then I, this is kind of a, my first close, but I'm not near closed, okay? Everybody say rejoice, rejoice. each day in the goodness of God. I think that's where we miss it. I think if we'd rejoice... This is a day that the Lord has made. We will. We will. We will. And be. Notice the word will. Joy is an act of the will. Joy is a choice. And I choose to be happy. In the Lord today. I married Sergio Kendall and Bonnie Hannah last night. Sergio was a fabulous football player for the Horns, and I married them last evening. I think they're going to be here in third service <laughs> with all their kinfolk. We had a time. But what was so awesome, what was so awesome was when that bride walked in that room Big old defensive end, Sergio Kendall, played in the national championship game in 2010. Big old Sergio, massive, wonderful kid, 30 years old, broke down and bawled like there was no end to his crying. He's like, <laughs> and she came down the aisle laughing. <laughs> but both of them were feeling the same emotion. But one just experienced it with weeping, the other experienced it with laughing. But whatever you do when you get up in the morning, you need to choose that today 
I'm going to make a choice today. Today, I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad. And it may be with tears and it may be with laughter, but I'm going to be glad because the Lord has created a day for me. Don't you kind of get tired sometime of being unhappy? Preacher got on a train one time and he entered the conversation with this businessman and they were sitting in a diner and this man had his wife with him and she was so eloquently dressed and had pearls and diamonds on wrists and fingers and she had the finest clothes that money could buy and her shoes even were nice. This preacher noticed though she complained about everything. She complained about the trip, the train, the weather, the food, the service and the preacher asked her husband, said, what do you do? The man told him what business he was in. He said, what does your wife do? She, he said, she's in the manufacturing business. Preacher said, what does your wife manufacture? He said, she manufactures her own unhappiness. <laughs> On this August Sunday, I want us to quit manufacturing unhappiness. I want us to start manufacturing some joy. It is a choice. Come on, it is a choice. Everybody say, I choose to be joyful today. And in the morning, the worst day of the week, I'm going to wake up and say, Jesus, take the wheel. And I'm going to walk out of my house smiling and joyful because this is the day the Lord has made for me. And I will rejoice, come on, and be glad in it, in it, in it. Psalm or Philippians 4 and 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. He's telling us not once but twice. It doesn't say rejoice in what God has done for you or what God has given you or even what He is to you. We're told to rejoice in Him. If you rejoice in victory over sin, then the next time you're, you sin, your joy will be gone. If you rejoice because of His blessings, when when some troubles come and burdens come, your joy will be gone. If you rejoice when sunshine comes, then your joy will be shortened when the rain falls. That's how life is. But if your joy is in Him and who He is, that cannot change because God never changes. I, I, I've got a story I want to end with today. I've got this beautiful story I want to end with today. I didn't put it on the screen because I wanted to read it out of the Bible to you. It's amazing. It is a phrase that I live by. I notice that the camera just caught up to me. It is a, we got some great people going through Infuse, and they're, they're going to be great people. It's going to be wonderful, but I moved on them then. I wasn't supposed to, and I apologize. I apologize. I was supposed to stay in this little old square up here, but I got outside of it, you know. I'm sorry. But I'm excited about this Jesus I'm preaching about. There is a verse of scripture in, in 1 Samuel chapter 14 that just blows me away. And when I get into some what I call mullies, this is the one that pulls me out and puts me on top water. Now it came to pass upon a day. Everybody say, it didn't come to pass upon a week. It didn't come to pass upon a month. 
And it sure didn't come to pass on a year. It came to pass on a day. On a day. And basically what came to pass is Jonathan said, I'm tired of those guys up there on that ridge whipping us and beating us down. And we're kind of afraid to go against them. And dad's over there under a palm granite tree resting his men. But the second problem was this, is that there was only two swords in Israel. We're going we're to get some odds stacked against this young man. There was only two swords. Saul had one, Jonathan. There was no smiths in Israel. There was nobody to beat plowshares in the sword. Nobody could do that. And so there was only two. And Jonathan had an armor bearer that was unarmed. Evidently, he might have known Taekwondo or something. Maybe they had it back in that day. But he must have been a, he must have been a man that didn't brush his teeth much. He must have been mean as a junkyard dog. Because Jonathan took him with him up that mountain. So Jonathan is, in, is, 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 is facing something here. But it's a day that he said, you know what? I'm tired of every day being a defeat day. And today is going to be a victory day. So he said, if those guys, we'll show ourselves to them. If they tell us, come up there, then it's God's will for us to go up and whip them. But if they say, stay where you are, we're going to come to where you are. said, we're going to stay here because they're going to come to us. And it's God's will for us to whip them. What he was saying was, I'm taking out every degree of difficulty that we're going to have to run away from this battle. I'm tired of going to bed at night, having them winning and us losing. So I'm turning the tables right now. Are you ready to go with me? And the armor bearer said, as you are, sir, so am I. And those men said, y'all, come on up here. And it didn't take them long at all. They took them all out in about an acre and a half. I can imagine. Can you imagine how that was? Jonathan, I got one with a sword over here. Here, take it. Wow. He's gone. Here, take the sword back, Jonathan. It, it just was amazing how two men could fight with one sword against so many men and win. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. When you make up your mind, when you determine that you're tired of going to bed at night defeated and going to bed at night feeling like yesterday is going to overwhelm you tomorrow and tomorrow will never come to fruition because of yesterday, it's time to say right now, right now, right now, right now, this is a day that the Lord has made and I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to rejoice. I will have victory today in my life. Hallelujah. The Bible said he daily loads us with benefits. There's a beautiful story in Matthew 20 about a man that went to try to find workers to go in his vineyard. And he went the third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour, the eleventh hour to try to find these workers. And he offered them a penny a day. I love that story. A penny a day. Not seven cents a week, not 30 cents a month, but a a penny a day. Because if you show up and declare his goodness and rejoice in him, there's a payday for us every day. There's a payday for us every day. There's something great from God for you every day in your life. Listen, Mondays don't have to be drags anymore. Tuesday don't have to be irrelevant anymore. Wednesday don't have to be the hump day anymore. Oh God, I'm almost a Friday. Wednesday can be a hallelujah day. Wednesday can be a finding your purpose day. Thursday can be not just expectation for the weekend, but a glorious day. And Friday, oh, hallelujah, I'm just two days from the house of God again. 
It's time to start believing that God made every day for us and this is a day that he has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Well, I got some of you clapping your hands. But some of you I hadn't convinced yet. And I don't have any more time to do it, but I got three more weeks to do it. I refuse. I refuse. You see, the word August comes from Caesar Augusta. And he was a, a, Roman, a Roman ruler. And uh, it was an amazing thing when he got the month named after him because the time that we know it came from, the calendar we know it came from Rome. But August is a 31-day month. Now, you notice July is a 31-day month. I'm closing now. Randy, if you'll help me. July is a 31-day month. And the reason July is a 31-day month, because when Julius Caesar came along, who July was named after, he was another emperor. He didn't want Caesar Augustus having another day, and he didn't have that day, so July was added another day to. So both those guys could be equal, you know what I'm saying? So in the summer months, we have long, long seasons because we have two long, long months back to back. We have 62 days in those two months. But there's another word. There's another word for August, and it's called August. August. And August means to be inspired, something admirable, a supreme dignity, grandeur, majesty, a sacredness akin to an increase in one's existence. Why don't we have not an August month dedicated to Caesar Augustus, but why don't we have an August month of splendor? Why don't we every day this month, oh, Lord, it's 100 degrees day. I love you, Jesus. I love you. God, my rent's late. I love you, Lord. God, things are going bad in my life, but we're going we're gonna to conquer. We're going to win because we're going to rejoice in you, not in our situations, but in you. Not in our trouble, but in you. Not in our past, but in you. Not in our future, but in you. On this day, we're going to rejoice. Stand to your feet, clap your hands, and receive the word of the Lord right now. Come on, all over the house. All over the house, receive the word of the Lord right now. Receive the word. The story of a man was a sergeant on a police force. And a man tried to kill him one night and didn't succeed and was sent to prison for attempted murder. And he was in prison for a long time. And then one day the sergeant found he, he was getting out of prison. And the sergeant was scared. He was scared for his family. He was afraid for himself. He knew the man was deathly. And he dealt harshly. And so he was worried. He was worried. He looked over his shoulder almost continually. And one night, one night, it happened. The man found him as he just passed a dark alley. And he came out of that alley and he said, Hey, you remember me? And the sergeant was scared, stunned, turned. And he said, It's all right, it's all right. He said, no, no, I need to talk to you, sir. He said, when, when you knew me before, I was a violent man. 
one day in prison. I found Jesus. And I made a vow that when I came out of prison, I would come and find you and give you the only thing that I really have in my life. He said, they gave me this Bible many years ago, and I have worn it out reading it, but I want to give it to you as a token of my love to you, sir. I'll be your greatest supporter. If God can take a man like that and turn him in a day, what can he do for you on this day? On this day. On this day. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And let me just bless you right now, and I want you to receive it. If you want a blessing, raise your hand all over the building. If you want something from Pastor to pray over you, just raise your hand. I see them. I see them. Thank you. Here's what I want to pray. Dear Lord, this is a good day because it's your day. This is a great day because we understand that you made this day. And I want it to be a splendid day because we make the right decisions. I choose, Lord, I choose to have the joy of the Lord in my life today. I choose that. I choose that. This is what I choose. This is, this is what I want in my life. I want the joy of the Lord. I want the peace that passes understanding. I want unspeakable, inexpressible happiness in my life. And Lord, i got to get past that yesterday, and i got to get free from that fear of tomorrow so I can enjoy a now with you every day. Jesus, take the wheel. Take the wheel, Lord. I can't do this on my own. I need you in my life. I need you every day in my life. Don't let me miss a moment with you. Don't let me miss my moment. Don't let it happen. Let me walk in your light. Let me live in your light. Let me trust you. God bless this beautiful congregation today. I wanted to bring lifting words to them today. God, let us understand that time is such a gift. Let us understand, Lord, that we'll redeem it. We'll make it work for us. Let us understand, Lord, we're going to rejoice in you because you are everything that we want to be in our life is you. In Jesus' name, everybody say, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I'm not going to give an altar appeal today. I'll probably give an altar appeal next week. But I, I want to tell you something. I'm starting a series on grace on Wednesday night. And you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. If you need some August, this August month, you need some grace in your life. And Jesus is going to be with us on Wednesday night. Know that I love you. I'm glad to be back in the pulpit talking to you. Thanks for loving your pastor. Thanks for loving this church. But most of all, thanks for loving your God. Amen. I love you. Have a great day. We'll see you Wednesday night. God bless you. Thank you, Gasper.